0: Amen. Well, we got my special friend that's going to be sharing with us this morning. And, uh, you know, when I just look at Keith, you know, I just see wisdom, you know, because of the mustache and the gray hair and everything It's like wisdom. But anyway, uh, Keith is going to be sharing with us this morning and we're super excited about that. I always enjoy listening to him. So come on up here, brother, and uh, just go ahead and pop the clutch, as you say. This this was planned uh, sometime back. But uh, in, in the timing of it is really good, because we, we got uh, myself and, and, and my wife and Shannon and Karin and Jennifer and Jeff, we had the, and I think, yep, yep, that's right, my brother right here. Uh, Steve and Elise went. We we're in Colorado for the minister's conference, and so we got back yesterday. So the timing of this actually worked out, because Pastor Shannon, and he'll be able to, you can speak into him. okay, Amen. So we'll we're excited. You. Thank you. Turn loose, let him go. Pop the clutch. Pop the clutch, as you say. That's right.
1: Hallelujah. Is everybody okay today? If you're not okay, you'll be okay after we get done. Hallelujah. Now I've got the digital version of my notes and I've got the analog version of my notes. I'm an analog guy in a digital world. Hallelujah. Is God good? Are you sure? Well, I don't hear a whole lot of volume. I don't know about him. Hallelujah. I said, is he good? You know, we could just have a praise service and we just do the whole thing. We just praise him. You know, you you can get healed while you're praising God. We sometimes call it the praise cure. You're praising him for something that he's already done. And that's the essence of faith. Faith takes something and says, I have it now, whether it looks like it or whether it doesn't. Amen. I'll tell you what. Let's just one more time lift up our hands and praise God. Just take a moment or two. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your tender, loving kindness. Thank you for all that you've done for us. We can't thank you enough. Father, thank you. Thank you. You saved us, you healed us, you filled us, you've called us, you sent us, you've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, and we thank you for that. Thank you, dear Father. You took us out of the miry clay and set our feet on a solid rock, and that rock is Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I thought maybe we'd talk about faith today. Is that all right? Well, if it's not all right, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> but uh, faith is really important. You know, now sometimes people have ideas about faith. You know, they talk about the Christian faith, the Muslim faith, the whatever other faiths there are. And that's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a system of belief, but rather I'm talking about personal faith. The faith that God has given us to take hold of the things that he's already given us. You know, sometimes, especially we've been doing healing university and so forth, and you tell people, First Peter 2 and 24 says that by his stripes we were healed. And people almost get mad. Well, I'm not healed. Well, I, I still have pain. I still have this sickness and so forth. And they get mad, and then you tell them, well, you know, God's already done everything he's going to do. And then that really ticks people off. You mean he's not going to do anything for me? Well, no, he doesn't have to do anything for you because he's already done it for you and for me too. See, we talk about grace here quite a, quite a lot, and we should, but grace is just part of the gospel. You understand what I'm saying? But grace is God giving us what we didn't deserve. It says in 1 Peter, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, God has given us all things. That pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. God hath, that's H-A-T-H, that's King James. God has already given us all things. God has already given us all things. Well, if he's already given us all things, then how come I don't have all things? Well, because you need faith to appropriate those all things. Well, somebody said, where am I going to get faith? I'm glad you asked, because that's what we're going to talk about today. Faith is not some weird weebie-jeebie, mysterious, ethereal kind of a thing. It's a very practical thing. God made things simple for us because we're simple folk. You know, somebody will get ticked off about that, I'm sure. but No, we have to humble ourselves and be like little children in order to receive the things of God. And faith and in, in the things of God are easy to understand. They're not mysterious. They're not hard to understand. God knows us. He knows how we can believe and receive. Amen. I heard one preacher say one time, God is an intelligent being. We're intelligent beings, and he can communicate to us and show us things that we can understand. You know, sometimes religion helps us to misunderstand things. Well, we're not talking about religion here. We're talking about faith. Now, I don't know about you, but I think faith is important. By faith, we receive the things of God. Well, how do you get faith? Well, let me let me uh, maybe give you a little bit of a testimony. When I first got born again, you know, I grew up in a denominational church and there's nothing wrong with that. But they didn't teach a whole lot or if they did, it didn't stick to me. I don't know about you guys. But I went to the... To the young people's class I went to children's church I didn't call it then I called it something else and I don't remember anything I knew the church calendar I knew when epiphany was and I knew what advent was and I knew all those things in the calendar but I didn't know Jesus but I went to church I was a good little church boy maybe you were one of them and then later on I went into the military and you know raised up in that church but didn't learn anything and then I went into the military, start, stopped going to church. And long story short, a fellow at work started ministering to me and got, got me to the point where I would hear the word of God and faith sprang up in my heart for being born again. And I took it. And I got born again. And so I, here I am, a brand new, shiny, born again Christian. You know, I'm excited. I'm turned on to the things of God. I went to my folks and I said, you know, I got born again. They said, no, you didn't. You were always born again. I said, no. I had a I had a heart for God, but I wasn't born again. I, I hadn't had the change on the inside. And so I got born again, and so I figured I'll start watching Christian television. After all, Christian television is going to tell me the truth, isn't it? And so I turn on this one station, this one preacher saying this. And then I turn on this other station, the other preacher saying the exact opposite. And then I turn on a third station, another preacher saying something different than the first two. And so I'm getting confused, and I start hearing things like this. Well, you know, you never know what God's going to do. You ever heard that expression? Well, I don't know about you, but the Word says the things... (laughs) Well, I'll get back to that. I don't want to get too far off. I, I told everybody in the meeting sometimes I go like this. But that's okay. Some of those side trips are as good as anything. Amen. But uh, so I'm hearing all these things. and I'm, I'm thinking, God must be schizophrenic. God is weird. They're saying you, 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 you'll never know what God's going to do. Somet- I've heard people say this pastors, religious people say this, God loves you so much, he'll break your leg and then heal it just to show you how much he loves you. Well, that's a bunch of stuff. Amen. No, and so I discovered, you know, maybe I ought to start reading the word. Maybe I just, you know, light bulb over the head, right? Maybe I ought to start reading the Bible and find out for myself. And so I started reading the Bible and I ran across this one verse. Now at that time I was an engineer, and you know how engineers are—we're always right. But you know we think kind of, hopefully we think logically and practically and so forth, and you know organized and everything. And um, so I came across this verse in Romans chapter three, verse twenty-seven, and it talks about the law of faith. Now that got my attention because I know what laws are. Now, I'm not talking about the law like in the Old Testament. I'm talking about spiritual law. The things of God operate by spiritual laws. If you can find out what the laws are, then you can find out how the things of God work. Amen. It's just that simple. And so I started digging into the word and trying to find out how the things of God work. I said, if this works by law, then God is not schizophrenic. He'll do what he said he would do in his word because it's spiritual law. That set me free. I don't know about you, but all of a sudden I said, if I can find it in the word, I can have it. (laughs) I remember that verse. It says in Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to them that believe. How many things? Oh, surely he didn't mean that. Some things. Are you Sure. All things are possible to him that believes, who uses faith. Amen. Some scriptures that I want to share with you real quick here. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. I think we have it up there. Um, Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Hebrews 11, 6, this one is challenging at times. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, sometimes uh, the sister was saying here earlier that people sometimes are asking God and asking God and asking God. Well, you know, when are you going to believe that you have it? I said, when are you going to believe that you have it? I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking. If he said you can have it and he said he's given it, then it belongs to you. You don't need to keep asking. You need to start taking. There's a difference between asking and taking. You can ask, but then you have to take what he's already given. In Romans 14, 23, it says, and he that doubts is damned if he he eat because... He eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. You can't please God without faith. Now, I I need to say something here to make sure people understand this. God loves you. He loved you before you got saved, you ugly thing. (laughs) He loved you before you got saved. He loved you before you even were in existence and he loved you before you did all the ugly things that you did before you were born again. He loves you. Settle that in your heart. He loves you. That'll never ever 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 change. But he's not always pleased with you. That over always goes over good. You know, just You love your children, right? Are you always pleased with them? it got silenced this Presbyterian <laughs> church. Uh, no, you're not always pleased with them. They do ugly things sometimes, and you're not pleased, but you never stop loving them. Right. God loves you. But if you want to please God, you're going to have to learn how to operate in the faith that he's already given you. Amen. Again, Romans 14, 23, it says, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I'm beginning to get a clue here that faith is kind of important. Habakkuk 2.4, it says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. Romans 14.23, I think I already read that one. Hebrews 10.23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith or of faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised, and then lastly in Hebrews six twelve it says that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who faith through, <laughs> get my tongue tied here, through faith and patience inherit the promise. We talk about grace. Grace is God giving us everything. He's given us the kingdom. But there's a second part to the the grace package, if you will, and that's learning how to receive what grace is provided with your own personal faith. Um, For the sake of time, I think. In Romans uh, 12.3, I'm building a foundation here. Hang in here with me. In Romans 12:3 it says this, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly, according as God to dealt, has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, don't say hallelujah too quick. I may kick over a sacred cow here, but that's okay. If it's a sacred cow, it needs to be kicked over. Amen. So it says there, we have it up there, the measure of faith. Well, let's look at another verse. Second Thessalonians 3, 2 Thessalonians 3.2 And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Well, wait a minute. That sounds contradictory, doesn't it? Nobody wants to say a word. But it's not contradictory because the Bible cannot co- contradict itself because the Word of God is truth. So we need to get expand our thinking here a little bit. When he's saying God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, he's talking about the capacity to believe. The capacity to use faith. If every man was dealt the measure of faith, and I've heard folks say this, and respectfully I say... Uh, I think there's some error there. They say, well, you know, I've heard people say this. They say, well, I have great faith, but no, I have little faith. Well, I have a little bit of faith, and that's the measure that God has dealt to me. No, you haven't been dealt the measure. You've been dealt the capacity. You can believe. All things are possible to them that believe. Well, if you have little faith, how can all things be possible? You can have as much faith as you want to. You remember in Romans 10:17 it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. The word of God and faith are linked forever and ever. Faith only comes one way. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not an emotion. Faith is a spiritual fact. It's the ability to believe God's word. And you can have as much faith as you want to. You remember the story in uh, Matthew 8:10 about the uh, centurion who came to Jesus and he had a sick servant. And he came to Jesus to, on behalf of his sick servant and Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And you remember the centurion said, you don't have to come. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Well, that tells me something right there. The Word will do what His presence will do. That Bible you have in your lap or on your phone or whatever, whatever kind of version Bible you have, that Bible will do whatever the presence of Jesus will do because the Word of God is filled with the Spirit of God. I say this sometimes, and I haven't had rocks thrown at me yet, but who knows? This is not the word of God. Somebody's going for rocks, I can tell already. This is not the word of God. This is paper and ink. This is a copy of the word of God. The word of God is a living thing. When God spoke his word into this universe, it's there forever. It's all around us. It's all around us. And he's given us, thank God, a copy of his living word that we can refer to and feed on and allow the Holy Spirit to take that word and build it in our hearts to the point where faith comes. And then all things are possible to those who have believed. Amen. There's another scripture that says, oh, I I didn't finish that one. So the centurion came and said, come and heal my servant. And, no, Jesus said, come, I will, come. I'll get here in a minute. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And a certain centurion said, you don't have to come. I understand authority. I'm a soldier. I tell somebody to do it and, they snaps to it and they snap to it and do it. Otherwise, they're in trouble. So I understand natural authority, but I also understand that you from God have been given spiritual authority. So all you got to do is speak the word. Well, Jesus right after that said, I have not seen so great faith. No, not in all Israel. The greatest faith of all is the faith that believes the word of God. That's what he said. Then there's another scripture over in uh, Mark 440. Jesus said, and he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So we went from great faith, no greater faith than anything else, to no faith. And then over in uh, Matthew fourteen thirty one it says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, talking about Peter walking on the water, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, where didst thou doubt? So you can have great faith, you can have no faith, you can have little faith. So there's a spectrum of how much faith you can have. And you can have as much or as little as you want. Because faith comes by, faith comes by, faith comes by, and hearing by the, the you have a copy of the word of God, read the book. I had people come up to me sometimes and they're saying they want a word of prophecy, you know, and they'll say, "Uh, do you have a word for me? And if I had a word, I'd give it to them, but you know, if I don't. But I've gotten to the point now where I say, when people come up to me and say, Do you have a word for me? I said, Yes, I do. Read your Bible. (laughs) Anyway, and then in 2nd, get it here in a minute, 2nd Thessalonians 1:3, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith groweth exceedingly. So faith can grow. So it's not a predetermined measure. The measure is the capacity to believe. Do you know that every human being on the face of the earth since the beginning of time has the capacity to believe? We are created in the image of God. God is a faith God. He operates by faith. That's interesting. God operates by faith. And then he says, we are created in his image and likeness. We are faith beings. We are spirit beings. And we are designed to operate by faith. See, there's a spiritual realm all around us. Sometimes we think, well, you know, this is reality, this flesh and blood. No, this is just a copy of what's really real. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, we are spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit being clothed In a natural body. And we're looking at our natural body and saying, that's all there is. How dumb can you be and still breathe? You are a spirit being. You were created by God. You are a a, a spirit being that has the capacity to believe God and operate like God does. Should have been more amens at that one. But anyway... Let's go over and define faith. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I should go all electronic with my notes, but some way or another, this is my buddy. This is my old friend. And so I I don't want to leave him. Amen? Plus, it's got a lot of good notes in it. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's define what faith is. You you know, this is the only scripture that I can find. Maybe you can find something. But this is the only scripture I can find that actually defines what faith is. Let's read it. I'm reading King James here. This is the one that Jesus used. (laughs) Oh, you religious people out there say, what, what? (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, we can camp there for a little bit. Faith is substance. It is reality. It's tangible in the realm of the spirit. We've got to stop thinking of the spirit realm the way Hollywood has portrayed it. Somebody says spirit realm, and immediately most people think of devils and demons and witches and all that junk. No, the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. The natural realm was created by the spirit realm. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. The spirit realm created the natural realm. The lesser is contained in the greater And so the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. You've got to start thinking of yourself as a spirit being that can operate in the spirit realm and the natural realm. You can take the things of the spirit and control and manipulate and change things in the natural realm. Amen. Somebody said, well, I'm sick. Well, I understand that. We're not denying that you're sick. But what we're saying is that that sickness may be a fact, but it's not truth. Truth will always trump facts. If you apply truth to a fact and the truth is different than the fact, then the fact has to bow its knee and say, I'm going to line up with truth. And so when we say, by his stripes you were healed, that's truth. The fact may be that you're in pain, that something is not right in your body. Well, apply the truth to the fact and cause the fact to change. And that you do that by your faith. Now, let's look at that verse again. Now, faith is substance. It's a reality. It's tangible. It's something that exists. Somebody always says, well, I can't see it, so therefore it doesn't exist. That kind of tickles me because, you know, you hear people say all the time, well, seeing is believing. No, you got it backwards. Believing is seeing. Somebody said, well, if I can't see it, I I don't believe it exists. If I can't see it, I don't believe that it'll work. Okay, so when you go out in the parking lot today, and you got that little plastic thing on your key ring, and you push this little button on your key ring, and all of a sudden your doors on your car unlock. Oh, how did that happen? Was there a wire connected from your little key fob to your truck or your car? No, there was a signal sent that you couldn't see. You ever go home and watch your television and you use the remote? That's an infrared signal. You can't see it, but it's real. There's lots of things that you can't see with your natural eyes that are very, very real. Uh, When I was teaching a grounded class, I put a... I didn't have the ability to display it, but I gave people a handout, and I showed them a frequency spectrum. And the visible light... Area where you can see with your eyes is just a tiny sliver of frequency There's tons of frequency below that and tons of frequencies above that that you can't see, but they're real You ever use your microwave? You put your food in there and you press a couple buttons and the thing turns around and it comes out warm magic It's magic No, there's microwaves in there that you can't see, but they're just as real as anything else. Mm -hmm. Amen? The whole world and the universe was created by words that you can't see. But they're real and they're powerful. We could get off on this uh, uh, very easily, but words are spirit. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Words are spiritual things. They're not just sound waves. They're spiritual things that affect things in the natural realm. You keep saying, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick? Duh. Well, anyway. And it says it's the evidence of things not seen. When you go to court, you bring evidence. You bring evidence of something That's true. Evidence means that something you can't see exists. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence or the proof that the things you can't see are real and they exist. So when faith says, by his stripes, I am healed, that's evidence that you believe the fact of those words. And because of that, that evidence will sway itself in the spiritual courtroom and cause a judgment to be made in your favor for you to be healed. Amen. Here's another translation of that in the Amplified. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. As human beings, we've been trained to to rely on our five physical senses, but that keeps you at a very low level because the natural realm is less than the spiritual realm. When you begin to learn how to operate by faith and use your God-given faith, you can change things in the natural realm. That'll cause you to get healed. That'll cause you to be prosperous. That'll cause you to be at peace. That'll cause you to get a job. That'll cause you to... All kinds of wonderful things. It'll deliver you because these things are real. Hallelujah. Mm. I may just preach to myself. Let's see. How are we doing on time here? Oh, that clock is lying. For the sake of time, well, let's see, how should we do this? I got about 12 different directions to go in. Let's look at uh, Romans chapter 4. I am called to be a treacher know what a preacher is. That's a combination of preacher and teacher. Sometimes you teach, sometimes you preach, sometimes you do both. Again, for the sake of time, let's look at an example of faith and maybe this will help us to understand. Now, Abraham is many times called the father of our faith. He was the first person in the Old Testament that really exemplified how God wants to have people work and operate by faith. And I think you know the story. Abram, his original name was Abram and his wife's name is Sarai. And they grew to be old. He was 100, she was 90. And God said that you're gonna be a father and mother of a great multitude. And God did some things and so forth. He changed Abraham's, Abram's name to Abraham. And Abraham started calling himself, Abraham means, by the way, the father of a great multitude. And so God changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means father of a great multitude. And Abraham started calling himself what God had already called him. When you start calling yourself what God's word has already called you, Then you'll have what God has already called you to be. So let's look at Abraham and his faith because I think that'll help explain this a bit. I'm going to start reading in Romans chapter 4. I'm going to start at verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee, talking about Abraham, a father of many nations before him who he believed, even God who quickens or makes alive the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. That right there, that scripture, Romans 4.17, is a, I'll say it this way, is a description of the law of faith. You remember you were in school, you learned about, in physics, you learned about the law of gravity. You know, gravity is 32 feet per second per second. You remember that, right? (laughs) Well, this is a description of of how the law of faith works. God told Abraham to do what God does. God, in, in Genesis, when he looked out into the darkness... God looked into the darkness of the universe and he said, Boy, is it dark. Anybody remember Genesis? He looked into the darkness and he said, Light be. And light was. The Holy Spirit, it says, was brooding upon the face of the deep like a mother hen broods over her chicks. And it wasn't until God spoke something, and when God speaks, that's his word, when God spoke something, the Holy Spirit said, I got my operating orders. I'm going to create stuff. God did the same thing with Abraham. He changed his name to father of a great multitude. And then Abraham started calling himself what God said he was before he was. Let me rephrase this a little bit. In Romans chapter 4, verse 17, I'm going to read the last part here. It says, Who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. I'm going to add two words, and I'm not changing the scripture, so don't throw rocks, okay? And calls those things which be not visible as though they were visible. They exist, but not in the seen realm. Faith calls the things that are in the unseen realm and brings them with their words into the natural realm where they can be seen. Did Abraham become a father? But when he was calling himself a father, he wasn't a father yet. But he called himself that. If you're sick... You need to start calling yourself what God has already called you. By his stripes, you were healed. If you're poor, you need to start calling yourself what God has already called you. He meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I give, therefore it's given back unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I sow, therefore I reap. You need to start calling yourself what. God has already called you in order to bring it from the unseen realm into the seen realm. That's how faith works. If you could see it, you don't need faith. But if you can't see it, you need to operate in faith in order to call it into the seen realm. Does that make sense? Let's keep reading here. Verse 18 who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. <clears throat> weak faith considers the circumstances. Weak faith looks at the five physical sense realm. Weak faith considers What you can see, feel, touch, hear, smell. Weak faith looks at the natural rather than the supernatural or the spiritual. It says he considered not his own body, now dead. hundred-year-old man going to be a papa. You know, you read the account in Genesis. It says when God first promised this to Abram and Sarai, they both laughed. I guess we're in that club too sometimes, aren't we? When God gives us a promise, we go, how can that be? How can that be? Well, if God said it, it can be. That's not good English, but you know what I'm talking about. Amen. It says, and he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God. See, weak faith will stagger at the word. Strong faith will not stagger at the word. God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know which road it's going to come to me by, but bless God, you said it, therefore it's a settled issue. You said it, and it's so. I remember an old bumper sticker I used to see sometimes. uh, It said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Remember that bumper sticker, anybody? Well, that was wrong. God said it, That settles it. And by the way, I believe it. It's a settled issue with God. God gave his word. He watches over his word. It's a settled issue. Hallelujah. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. See, staggering at the word is unbelief. I'm sorry if you're staggering at the word. Unbelief. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God... When you're in faith, talking about Bible faith now, not talking about head knowledge or philosophy or anything like that, I'm talking about Bible faith. When you're operating in Bible faith, you can praise God before you see the answer. There's certain characteristics about faith. One of the things you have to understand is faith has some characteristics Faith sees things that are not seen. Faith speaks things that don't seem to be real. Faith praises in the midst of the situation. You remember in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were going to take the city of Jericho and God told them, march around the city? And he said, don't say a word. And on the seventh day, he told them to shout. See, they shouted before the walls came down. Faith always shouts before it sees the answer because it knows it has the answer. Faith is always present tense. Somebody said, well, I know God's gonna. That sounds like faith, doesn't it? It's not. If God's gonna, then it's not here yet. See, faith takes the answer and says, I have it now. Why can I say I have it now? Because God gave me his word on the subject. God gave me his word on the matter. I take that word and I say, I have it now, it's mine. These things, I I hope you're understanding. Maybe I'm not doing a very good job. I hope I am. But I want you to understand that you can use that faith that God will give to you when you're into the word of God and apply it to situations in real life. I'm going to give you an example of a silly situation, but maybe it's not silly. It wasn't silly to me, and maybe it's not dramatic, and maybe it's not earth-shaking, but it showed me how faith worked. I was working as an engineer, and I had broken my watch or something, and I didn't have a watch. And I'm just getting into these things about the Word and faith and so forth, and I said, I'm going to prove this. So I said, I'm not going to go buy a watch. I kind of went out and bought a watch. But I said, you know what? I'm going to use this faith stuff. You know, this faith stuff. I'm going to use this faith stuff and believe God for a watch. And I got a piece of paper out, and I looked up the scriptures that pertain to he'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Whatsoever you ask the Father in Jesus' name, he will give it you. Give it and it will be given unto you and so forth. I wrote down all those scriptures. And turn over, if you will, to Mark chapter 11. And so I wrote down all those scriptures. And I said, dear Lord, now I'm not tempting God, you understand. I'm trying to prove to me that this faith process, this law of faith, actually works on a practical level. And so I said, now, Father... I asked you to provide me with a watch. You said you would do this and so. I wrote it all out. I dated it and I said, now I believe I receive a watch now in Jesus' name. And I dated it and wrote the time down and signed it. Now you can do what you want to do, but that's what I did. This is early in my walk and so forth. And so from that point on, I said, thank God I have a watch. Oh, it's good to have a watch. Uh, no watch there, but it's good to have a watch. Ah, God's getting me a watch. I don't know. Boy, he's, God's going to provide me with a watch. I, by habit, I'd look at my wrist, and there's no watch there. But I said, see, I can't see it. But I said, I have it, but I can't see it, but I have it, but I can't. I have it because I've used the word, and that's part of what he said he would provide. And so in the meantime... <clears throat> Those are the days of cassette tapes. You remember those? That was about 100 years ago. And so I was getting all these teaching tapes by Brother Copeland, Brother Hagen, and different ones. And I was making bootleg copies of those tapes. Now, I wasn't selling them. I would just make copies and give them out to people. And you could do that. There there was nothing wrong with that. And so I got tired of going up to the local drugstore and buying blank tapes because they were too expensive. So I found this place where they sell tapes Blank cassette tapes in bulk. And so I said, I'm going to order a couple hundred tapes. And I got a high-speed tape duplicator, and I'm pumping out tapes. But I hadn't got the blank tapes yet, and so I placed an order for the blank tapes. A couple weeks later, a box comes, and it's the tapes. And so I'm opening up the box and opening the different tapes and making sure everything's there. And you know what was in the bottom of the box? How'd you know that? do you understand what that did for me? I proved to myself that I could receive things from God with my faith in his word. In that particular example, it was a watch. I should have been more specific. I should have said Rolex. (laughs) But that, that doesn't matter. I got what I believed God for. I'm telling you, this stuff is practical. Have you found Mark chapter 11 yet? We can go to about two, can't we? (laughs) Now, this is a story of Jesus going to Jerusalem. And you remember the story, and we won't read the whole thing for the sake of time. But you remember, he was walking by a fig tree, and he was hungry, and he wanted to get some figs. And the the fig tree didn't have figs. Hallelujah. In verse 14 of that chapter 11 of Mark, and Jesus answered and said unto it, unto it. What's the it? Jesus talks to trees. Jesus answered and said unto it, the tree. Jesus talks to trees. The natural realm is subject to the spiritual realm. If he can talk to trees, you can talk to sickness. If he can talk to trees, you can talk to poverty. If he can talk to trees, you can talk to unemployment. If he can talk to trees, you can talk to family issues. And notice what it says, and Jesus answered. Answered what? Did you know that the tree talked to him? Do you know that your problems talk to you? Do you know that pain talks to you? You've got to find a way to answer those things that are talking to you. Jesus talked to the tree. He answered the tree and he said, no man eats fruit of you hereafter forever. And you remember the story, they went into Jerusalem, they came back, and it says that um, in verse 21, Peter calling to remember, it said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. Oh, and by the way, verse 20, it says, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw that the tree dried up from the roots. It didn't dry up from, from the branches down to the roots, it dried up from the roots out to the branches. When you speak to things and you say, sickness, I commend you to leave my body in Jesus' name. It's going to dry up from the roots. The part you can't see will eventually show up in the part you can see. Amen. Jesus did this as an example for us. He spoke to the tree and he spoke the desired end result. Now, you teach on this for a while, and people say, well, how come he cursed that poor fig tree? I I feel sorry for that tree. Dummy, it's not about the tree. It's a teaching example. But notice what he says. Verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. A couple different translations say it this way. Have the faith of God. Or have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. Well, if he said have the God kind of faith, then can you have it? That was poor. That was just pitiful. If he says you can have the God kind of faith, can you have it? This is from the mouth of the master, the Lord. He said you can have the God kind of faith. Well, I don't know about you, but if I can have it, I want to know what it is and how to work it. And so he goes on to say, Verily I say unto you that whosoever... How many are whosoever's in this room? I guess the rest of you are something else. I don't know what you're <clears throat> Whosoever shall say "Under this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe... Believe, that's talking about faith... Shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. That's the God kind of faith. That's the same faith that Abraham used. God changed his name to Father of a Great Multitude, and Abraham started saying, I'm a father of a great multitude. I'm a father of a great multitude. I'm a father of a great multitude. And he kept saying that, because, and he said it until it got to the point of belief in his heart. You know, when you first stay, say things about the Word of God, it's, it may not be in your heart just yet. But keep on saying it. Keep speaking the Word. Keep muttering the Word. Keep praying the Word. Speak the word, speak the word, speak the word, and it'll go from here, and at some point, it'll drop down in here, and it's like a coin dropping into an old-fashioned payphone. Clunk, I got it. I got it. And now you start speaking it, but not from your head, but now you're speaking it from your heart. And that's exactly what Abraham did. He said, I'm a father of a great multitude, but Sarah, you're not looking so good. But he said, and I'm sure she was doing the same thing because God changed her name too. And it says that Sarah was in faith and Abraham was in faith. faith. But a little while ago, they were laughing at the whole thing. Maybe you've done that at some point. But they spoke the word. They keep hearing their names and they keep hearing their father and mother of a great multitude. And eventually it got into their heart and it changed their physical bodies. I think most of us are adults here. Sarah did not have a divine conception. They did it the old-fashioned way. Can you say that in church? Yes. He received, she received strength to conceive seed. They, their youth was renewed like the eagle's. They ran and were not weary. They walked and they did not faint, and they became exactly what God said they were. See, faith comes by the Word of God and no other way. You can't hope for faith. You can't feel faith. You can't uh, imagine faith. Faith comes only one way. It comes from the Word of God, and the Word of God, when you hear it, when you speak it, it eventually will get down into your spirit man, and that's what it has the power to accomplish what it is. Amen. You need healing? Start speaking healing. Start calling yourself what doesn't seem like is true. (laughs) Hallelujah. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not something you can work up. Faith is not mental assent that something is true. Faith is not imagination. It is not blind. It is not hope. By the way, hope and faith are not the same thing, but they're related. Hope provides direction for faith. Faith is the power. Hope is the direction. When you start hearing the word of God, it gives you hope. I can see myself healed. But I, but I could see myself healed. But when hope has its finished work, it, faith drops into your heart, and now faith and hope are working together to bring about the desired end result. We built a log home back in Michigan several years ago, and they gave us a set of plans. The plans are like hope. I can't live in the plans. You know, I could make a shelter, I guess, for however big the paper is, but that's not the house. But it's a picture of the house. But then I had to build the house, and see, faith is the substance, the building materials. Amen. So hope and faith are not the same thing. Let and by the way, hope. You remember that scripture that says hope is the anchor of the soul. You need hope because it anchors your soul because that's where you have the biggest problems. When the devil comes along and says, it ain't going to work, it ain't going to work. Well, it might work for other people, but it's not going to work for you. No, hope anchors your soul and says, ah, shut up. give you some characteristics of faith real quickly here. I'm going to shut up in a minute characteristics of faith faith sees somebody said well you know you have blind faith no there's no such thing as blind faith faith sees the desired end result faith speaks the desired end result faith praises before it sees the answer faith rests in the promises of god faith is always present tense i have it now Faith is fully persuaded that the Word of God is true. Faith is not moved by circumstances or anything in the sense realm. And faith begins where the will of God is known. And the will of God is His Word. And I think my time is just about up. What I want to encourage folks here, I I didn't even touch the surface of what I wanted to get into, but I want you to be encouraged in the fact that God has given you His Word. His Word is the vehicle through which faith comes. It comes no other way. I don't read the Bible so I can get brownie points with God. I read the Bible because I want to find out how the things of the kingdom of God work because after all, I am in the kingdom. It seems to me like I ought to find out how the kingdom works. Just saying, you know. And so I read the Bible because I want to get a bigger and better understanding of how this kingdom works. And it works by faith because it's a faith kingdom. Amen. And so I would encourage you. I tell people sometimes this. I say, start exercising your faith. Well, I don't have any particular issues that are going on right now. Find one. Find one. Find a faith project. And start using your faith and believe God for something that nec- you don't necessarily have to have and you could maybe buy on your own or whatever. But f- find a faith project that you can apply your faith to like I did with that watch. When you see that you believe God for something and you got it supernaturally and it didn't come any other way, but by God responding to your faith, And your consistency, it'll change your life forever because, bless God, if it'll work for a watch, it'll work for a job. If it'll work for a watch, it'll work for healing. If it'll work for a watch, it'll work for anything because it's the same law. And you feed on the word and cause your faith to grow and become more strong and healthy and watch what God will do all things are possible that then that believe amen Amen. all right who t are you going to close this hallelujah thank you sir
0: no thank you (laughs) praise the lord amen i just love the way he just takes his time and explains the word of god so thank you so much for that and um i was thinking just before uh keith finished you know when When Greg Moore was here, he made the statement in reference to the calendar, you know, and uh, don't don't watch the calendar. Take our eyes off the calendar, you know, Um, and I'll take it even further. Stop looking at our watch, per se, and and waiting. You know, we're looking at the word of God and just just stay there with the word of God. And, you know, it also says in Hebrews in reference to our profession, holding fast to our profession, Profession or confession of faith, right? So, so thank you so much, uh, Keith. And you know, everybody, everybody, you know, have the measure of faith. So it's not, you know, can I? It's you know, you know, you can, and you have the ability to. And so, take that, 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 the results part off yourself. Just believe, only believe. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So as we stand, uh, you know, there may be someone here today or maybe even watching online well you know you've, given, you've been given the measure to receive the measure of faith to receive Jesus as Lord uh, you've been given that but you have to act on it and so if there's someone here today that's like you know what I, I, I have not used the faith that's been given to me to receive Jesus as Lord and I want to do that I'm choosing to do that That's the biggest choice you can make because that's an eternal choice. So we want to uh give you that opportunity. Whether you're watching online, you can I actually text the word prayer if you're watching online, but you know, there's a body of believers here that want you to become their brother and sister in Christ. And and we want to always give that opportunity to people because we were given that opportunity. So let's just agree together. And I'm just gonna have you to say this simple prayer after me. Heavenly Father. I desire to have Jesus as my Lord. Jesus, with the faith you've given me, I choose to receive you as Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's just that simple. Amen. You can give them a hand. And if you made that decision, you're watching online, please text the word prayer and we would like to connect with you. Or maybe you're here today and you just made that choice to receive Jesus as Lord and just don't walk out the door, come up front here and just let one of our prayer ministers give you some more information and pray with you and place some items actually in your hand that that can take you on this walk of faith. And And it's an exciting life when we choose to depend on him and walk with him because you know what? We have to trust him and faith is a trust that we have to do to actually step out like you did